The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to the flagship podcast interview. I am so excited to bring in the one and only Ty Harrington, uh, head coach at Texas State from 2000 to 2019, uh, led his team to three NCAA tournament appearances and played as a Longhorn on teams that went to three uh, College World Series appearances. Uh, no one knows baseball in these parts better than Ty Harrington. Ty, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, Just for the record, I'm going to sound like some of my buddies. It was only three times as a player that I went to the World Series, but I did get to go one time as a graduate assistant in 89 as well. So four times. Four, four, four times. times. Three national championship games, but came out with nothing but a plaque and a and a, and a great time. And, uh, <laughs> and so the, the 80... The 83 team, you know, the Clemens and, and Hodos and Killingsworth and those, you know, Capel and all that grew up, they, they're able to hold that over our heads. And so when we have a reunion, all get together, they all wear their rings and we just, we, were, we just wear our five conference rings. They get to wear national championship rings. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of pride in the program, but also a lot of, Hey, we, did you guys win a national championship? And so it's, uh, but man, I guess I'll start with this. I thought, uh, Friday, I went Friday and it was fun, uh, early game, hot weather, different things going on, you know, and against a team that, you know, had a lot of try on them, but ultimately Southern, wasn't, yep. wasn't going to beat Texas. And, uh, but they, they get in there and, and, and played hard and, and did the things, but, um, you know, then on Saturday, you just could kind of get a glimpse right as you walked in there, man, that the earth was going to explode that night because there's been people pent up waiting for college baseball. I want to sit in my seat. I want to scream as loud as hell as I can. I want to make this much noise. I remember, you know, I want to be the person. I remember I used to sit here and point fingers at my horns at everybody and scream and do it. And that place was truly, truly rocking on Saturday. And uh, it was a lot of fun. You could feel the stadium vibrating. Uh, everywhere you looked, it was orange. And uh, so, man, it's we're in it to win it without any doubt. And that was certainly Saturday, I think, one of the most exciting games and fun games to be at because the atmosphere was so, so good. Um, and then, uh, you know, last night, it was same, kind of the same crowd. But, it was, hey, man, it was getting past a lot of people's bedtimes last night. Oh, Ty. I mean, Who, you and I were talking. Right? Huh? I mean, you were you got there. You said you got to the ballpark about 4.30. Yes. And, and – not knowing it was going to start at eight. And then you didn't know there were going to be 13 walks and six hit batsmen and, and lead. I mean, uh, pitching changes every other inning for Fairfield and, uh, Oh, Texas, Texas. uh, They showed that they've got the, the arms and Fairfield doesn't to compete at that level. 
Yeah, no, nobody in that tournament had the arms that, that we had. I mean, that was obviously, I think we outscored everybody 33 to 5 or some ridiculous number throughout those three games. And um, I think if you go back and you look, the first job that Stevens did, he was, it was a perfect write-up for him because he's so efficient with his abilities. So, you know, he's not hes not going to have, you know, multiple 15, 17 pitch innings in it, you know, in his you know, stretch through seven, eight, nine innings, whatever it is. He just doesn't do. He's so efficient. He's always so efficient with his breaker. And, you know, so he gets early outs. Um, it's, you know, historically, if you go through then you watch him, he bumps seven, nine, nine pitches an inning. There's not a lot of dress on him. Perfect matchup, you know, on Friday. Um, and then, you know, Saturday, here comes, you know, the guy just, you know, Madden just, he just puts the ball on you. You know, somebody asked me yesterday, and it's a legitimate question. Well, why wouldn't you put Stevens on Friday all year and Madden on Saturday, whatever it might be? But the reality is Madden has the ability to hurt your feelings on Friday night. He's throwing that thing on you. He's just firing that ball. His breaker's hard. His, his, his mantra's on the mound. It's just like, I'm coming after you and just kind of beat your hitters down. And they're thinking, my God, is it going to be like this the rest of the weekend, you know, with these guys? And so – uh, I thought Madden looked uh, better. You know, his pitch count jumped quick for him, and then he was able to kind of get even a little more efficient because he he, he loves to strike guys out. And when you do that, your, your count's going to run up. Um, and then, to me, the best pitching performance of the weekend. Everybody can dis- Everybody's going to disagree with me on this, and I'm totally fine with that. Hanson last night was the best out of all pitchers all weekend because he had to sit for 30 minutes between every half inning trying to find some way to stay focused, trying to find some way to stay engaged. You want your team to score, but you're sitting out there going, fellas, I need to play too. I'm getting cold over here on the bench, and I'm getting tired of talking to, you know, Sean Allen about my fish and what we're going to do. He's tired of talking to me. Let's, I got to get back out there. So I thought every time he rolled out there, I was like, this is going to have to be his last thing, but it too, up and down too much, couldn't stay loose. First one or two warm-up pitches you would watch would be, high and big misses and all of a sudden he would zero back in and worked his way into punching out 13 last night and so to me he was he was the most valuable guy on on from the arm perspective all weekend fighting through that type of circumstances uh and to face those hitters and then you get in the end last night i uh, to me this signifies texas's arms it's 12 2 or whatever it may be finally get hansen out there he gets his you know his uh, curtain call, well-deserved curtain call. And then here comes the guy I think is one of their best arms, and it's Cole Cantania, and he comes in there, and that's just 95 downhill, hard breakers. Ball's got sink. It is just really incredibly hard to get any kind of full barrel on what that kid does when he's on the mound. And that's your, that's your hey, we're just going to get him in and, you know, get, let him get some work, and he just was, you know, what he is. You know, and then Nixon comes in to finish the game just to get work at this point. Right. You can't write it up as a, as a head coach. You went to bed that night going, David went to bed. I thought, hey, if I could just get this, we can get this guy in and then get into baseball. Normally it does not work out the way that game just dictates it. Doesn't. And it, it surely did. Nixon went out there and got his work. And I'm sure Fairfield guys are sitting over going, you guys, you guys kidding me right now? We're down 10, and this is the guys you're going to roll out here and just shove the ball on top of us and the power breakers and all this kind of stuff. Let, let us get a hit or two so we can go home and have fuzzy warm feelings or something out of this deal. And just 
you know, didn't. And uh, but I think it epitomizes who they are, you know, uh, on the mound. That, that, uh, the, the back end of that, of that of that stuff is just ridiculously good. Yeah, it was interesting uh, talking to Ty Harrington, of course, here on the flagship podcast interview, talking Texas baseball as they move on to the super regional round. Um, we're recording on Monday morning and we're yet to see who wins the uh, Gainesville regional, yeah. but the top two seeds have been knocked out. So it's South Alabama and South Florida, the, the three and four seeds battling to come to Austin to face the Longhorns. But you mentioned Cole Quintanilla, Ty, and I thought he was like the most improved guy on the yeah. team this year. What, what adjustments did he make? Cause he, he had that, he had that good stuff, but he, he was inconsistent in the past. What has turned him into such a monster? Well, I think getting over injury, you know, he had a, had a major injury at the beginning of his career. Um, I think getting past that, getting past the emotional part of, you know, when you first get in those injuries, some guys don't aren't able to locate um, like they historically do. And when you can't locate, even though it's 95, you know, these hitters now see 95 often. So I think it was about the consistency of where he was trying to throw the ball on a regular basis. I think that's grown. I think his maturity's grown that if he doesn't make a uh, the pitch he wants, he's able to make the next one. Um, and so I, as opposed to getting spinning out of control for him. And all of a sudden, you know, like one miss, just because his arm may not have felt great, became a huge miss. And after a huge miss, now you got to go to the middle part of the plate. And, uh, and so I just think that his, his, uh, you know, he's grown up. I had to be on his, you know, I mean, to be honest, we just to put it in plain, you know, plain terms, he, he's starting to grow up and understand himself and what he can do. But I want to tell you something I, I, I thought all year long. And I think it speaks volumes about their, their bullpen. He's been one of my favorite guys all year long, because that is 95 miles an hour straight downhill with breaker command and change up. I mean, there's there's three weapons in there that you just don't go find. And if that's what you're running out there in the seventh inning to get you out of a little bit of a you know tight spot and then let him eat another thing, that, that it don't get a whole lot better than that. I don't yeah. know too many teams that have that. Maybe a handful of SEC teams, uh, but not many. And uh, and I and I I'll say this too: if you go back to the TCU series in Game One, the Friday night game. Um, Witt goes back out there and he goes, walk, hit walk with a one run lead. They go to Nixon, they TCU doesn't bunt. They go to Nixon, strike out wild pitch. Now he's got running on second, third one out. He goes, strike out, pop up. And to me, that that solidified because if TCU gets a hit right there and wins that game, I don't, I think Texas bumps down a little bit further into national seating. Um, and so that, that outing right there, that ninth inning outing me when Nixon came in, it was huge for them. And, and, and the way is now set it up because it appears that not only did you put your work in this game, you're dominant, you got everything you wanted done this game. You got out of there healthy. You played great. You got the guys in the mount. The seas are starting to part a little bit for you with possibility of making a way into Omaha. Right? I mean, it's not, not as, um, you know, in your mind, emotionally, if it's Florida, you still kind of got that, all right, they're an SEC team, even though I thought they were pretty average this year. You're an SEC team. You know, they got all these arms, whatever. Now you're down to two teams that are three and a four, and I've seen South Alabama three times. And uh, Mark's done a great job, but they originally in May lost their number one arm. And uh, so I'm not sure what his status is now. 
and how Mark and them are even gotten this far through there. Um, offensively, they were just okay this year. They do have one of the best hitters in the league. Ethan Wilson is one of the best hitters in the Sun Belt. Uh, be a pretty high draft pick, too. And uh, but if you're a Texas fan today, you want South Alabama to win game one. And then you don't care who wins game two, but you want a game two because it's Monday. Four days rest. And I promise you, whoever throws today, their number, whoever threw on Friday for each one of those teams, in, for, in order for them to get to us, they got to throw today. So now your number one is probably out there today battling to get their team to a super regional. And by the time they get here, that pitching staff's going to be exhausted and or you're starting your number two against Texas and number one, either way. And I don't see it shaking out any different than that. That's great. That's great scouting right there on, uh, on South Alabama, talking to Ty Harrington and Ty. Um, when you look at the, well, let's start with the Texas pitching since we're on that topic right now. I mean, you could argue Hanson um, has been the most effective pitcher since he became a, a weekend starter. Um, what is it about, I mean, he, he just threw that slider last night, like unapologetically. I mean, he didn't care if they knew it was coming, they couldn't hit it. What, what do you like most about his, his pitching? Well, number one, he could throw it on a gnat's honey anywhere he wants to, first and foremost. You know, now nah, he his velo hasn't, you know, come back to where I think everybody wants it to. I think it will. I think he's got – I say I think it will. I think he's got such a comfort in his delivery right now because of his accuracy and his timing that he's not worried about it. Um, to be honest with you, his ability to throw on both sides, actually in a triangle, I and mean, he throws in a true triangle in the strike zone. He throws in the corners. And he can throw the ball and elevate. He lowers his hand some. He gets the top of the strike zone and gets a high strikeout. But to me, what he does to hitters that very few college pitchers or yeah, very few college pitchers do. He throws two different breakers. He hits a, it throws a slower one, a get me over one to kind of get you like, oh, okay, well that's the breaker I got to hit. And then he torques one, and it's not the same. And he, I think he disguises both of them really, really well. Um, and he never gives you the same look at it. And I think that's why he, he gets so many punch outs on his breakers. Um, and, you know, I mean, it, obviously it, it all, everything tip comes out of the same line. Nothing, nothing is discoverable that's going to, dis, you know, change or make any kind of discernible change look that a hitter is going to go, oh, I see something, you know, coming out differently. It all looks the same, even when he changes speeds on his breaker. If you watch, he'll throw, he'll throw a hard breaker and he'll throw like a really soft breaker. And those hitters do a terrible job. Of, and what's hard on them? They do a hard, it's hard on them to, to, you know, stay on the timing of that break. They see rotation. They think that it's the same speed and it's not. Um, and then, like I said, his ability to go to both sides of the plate, he's in complete control, not only of his hand delivering the baseball, but he's in complete control of his brain and his emotions while he's out there. Well, and Tristan Stevens, you know, power sinker baller. I mean, talk about why he's so effective. And I, in my mind, why aren't more college pitchers throwing that power sinker ball? Yeah, no, it's old school. So that's, that's, that's a little bit of the old eighties and early nineties where, you know, guys were, you know, they were enamored with the velo, but they were more enamored with, I want to win. Or they had good coaches, you know, teaching them, hey, look, I'm going to 
McGrady, we're gonna put, we're gonna learn how to throw a two seamer. We're gonna put our fingers in the right spot. We're gonna, you know, organize on the baseball where we want, you know, to make the ball sink, your pressure points, all the above. You got a good arm. But what he really does is he he splits the plate two way. That sinker's going from left to right, and his breaker and slider is going from right to left. So he has the baseball going two different directions, which is really hard to to for a hitter to to deal with. But that sink is hard. Man, that's not soft sink. It's not false sink. It's not false movement. It is a boring, hard, you know, sinking fastball. And this breaker is hard too. But I just, he is so efficient. I mean, it's an efficient, he doesn't, you know, it's not overly sexy. He doesn't have to go out there and strike you out. He recognizes, he gets into oh oh one count. He goes right to something he thinks he might create soft contact with. He's more than okay with that. If you foul it off, then he'll take the, the he'll take the stab at I'm, I'm going to punch you out, and then he'll go right back to I'm going to I'm going to pitch to soft contact. Infielders love playing behind him. It's con- you know there's constant you know information coming out of their barrels. If am I going to you know get a ground ball here? What's going to happen? Does a great job of holding runners. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean he is a complete he is a very complete pitcher to me uh, collegiately. I mean you, if you had five of them, you'd go win five national championships because he can attack left-handed hitters as well. When you look at Ty Madden, you know, he had that incredible performance against Houston where he struck out 14. Um, and, and then he's, you know, he's had some ups and downs. He's, he's uh, when he gets into trouble, Ty, what, what is it? Is he not locating his, his breaking ball? Yeah, not locating is, is really to me. It's not locating his fastball. Okay, and and no, you made you're right on the breaker, but it's he's if he his thing is they have to chase his breaker. So in order because he attacks that breaker so hard, it's got so. I mean, if you go back and if you would if you could measure the depth of how much territory that that breaker covers. Um, you'd be shocked what that how the height that it starts and the height that it ends at. So I mean, he is really over the top hammering that thing down. And so if there's there there is a, a smaller margin of miss in there because it is a breaker that goes as much down as it does cross. So you're, you're trying to throw that thing in on that plate. So he has to have swing miss. So that swing miss is coming off of that fastball. And because if he's throwing that fastball on an inside line or even an outside line, when he's driving that thing downhill at 97, 96, you are so sped up. You're so sped up that all of a sudden here comes his breaker off that same line. Then they'll chase. The prop, The only thing that I, I see about him is if he has big misses wide, up, elevated, and wide, that, and that takes the, the, the illusion away that the next, you know, breaker's, if it throw it off that line, is it on the same line as he wanted that fastball? So to me, it starts with his fastball command and what line he's throwing it off of. Then comes that hammer. But I'm going to tell you what, you know, somebody asked me last night at the game, well, why don't we, why is Stevens number one and just leave? Yeah, Madden not only beats you down, he hurts your feelings as a hitter. So if he's really dialed in and good, your your top of your lineup just gets tired of getting beat down by that guy. So all of a sudden your feelings, I mean your, your feelings are hurt. And now you're going into Saturday going, I'm over for four with two punch outs and a weak fly ball to right field, facing 98 miles an hour. And you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, maybe your last at bat, he's got you one, two in account, you're looking breaker, and he throws a 98 heater right under you for strike three, and you're like, what the 
you know, <laughs> how do we, so to me, he just kind of, he hurts your feelings and he takes your, he kind of evolved slowly throughout the course of a nine in game. He starts to steal your confidence out of your brain and out of your, out of your soul. And, uh, and then all of a sudden you got to turn around and face, you know, Stevens and it's, they, you feel like you're getting a break because it's not as firm, not as big a breaker. And you look up at the end of the day and you're 0 for 4 with two punch outs and two weak ground balls to the shortstop. That's that's great stuff. Um, we'll take a quick break here on the uh, flagship podcast interview with Ty Harrington. Went to four College World Series while he was at Texas. Three as a player, one as a GA. Ty, when you look at the completeness of this Texas team, what, what do you like most about this team and what makes you think that they're a legit threat as the number two overall seed, yeah. the NCAA thinks they'll be in the championship series in Omaha. What, what, what do you see about this team that makes you think that could happen? It's three things. Um, I, whatever order, you know, people want to put them in doesn't mean that it's one's better than the other. When I say this, um, we'll start with the, probably the the two easiest ones to identify and the shortest conversation is um, the pitching part of it. Their front end pitching is, is going to be better than, you know, 85% or 90% of the teams are going to face. So they're going to, they're, they're playing seven inning games with those guys. So meaning their starters are going six to seven. Now your bullpen's playing two inning, three inning games on the back end, which I think when you start talking about, you know, Cole Cantonia, Witt, and Nixon back there, sitting back there, just, you know, fresh as they can be and as good as they can be. So I just think we're going to start with the pitching side of it and say that's what University of Texas pitching looked like in the 80s and the 90s where a lot of people thought that, you know, this was a pitching university. And it was. These guys look just the same, in my opinion. And they've got enough backing guys. And if they get into some type of issue early, they've got two other guys uh, Palmer Winchell and the other guy can come in and just slow the game down just enough to get to those guys latter part of the game. So I think the pitching's first. Next, you always hear it all the time, pitching and defense. If you love to watch unbelievable infield play and watch guys just look like they're professional infielders, go watch these guys right now. They are through the roof. The things that they do defensively, and the things that they do, the balls that they get to, the double plays they turn, the you know the their uh, pop fly uh, infra or communication abilities, everything is so clean that they just don't give you any. They don't give you any error to that you're going to take and go score with. They just if they make an error, I think Faltini had an error or two on on Friday, and it was you know he looked up on one off of his glove. You don't see him do it very often. You know he was disappointed too. Didn't hurt him. You know, they just don't make many, they just don't make many mistakes. And I'll tell you what else they do. Take their outfield and you think about just how fast that outfield truly is with Antico, Hodo, and Kennedy. It's hard to hit a ball that is elevated that one of those three guys can't get to. Now, if it's on a line drive, it's in there. If it's out of the ballpark, I get it. But when they're in the air and there's elevation to them, one of those three guys is going to get to it. Then you go back to the TCU series again, which I think won Texas to where they are today in the regional seating. And Antico makes a diving play late in the game uh, to save two runs in the TCU game. You just, they close on ball so well. 
and uh, they're well-trained in doubles. When they do get them, they pick the ball clean. They throw, They know exactly what they're doing. I think they're very well coached. Last but not least, I think their offense is the most opportunistic college offense in college baseball today. And what that means is I've, I've, I've not seen a team in a long time take walks like this team does, get hit by bat, uh, hit by pitches, which last night was a little too much. But they 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 take their strengths and they don't play against their weaknesses. They play within their strengths over and over. Long at bat. Zach Zubia has some of the longest at bats you're going to see in the course of a game. If you line those nine guys up, Chip, in any game, you're going to clip the heels of a couple of them. It's college baseball. It happens. Some guys have bad games. Pitcher's good. But nine of them for nine innings, they're finally going to get you. And they're finally going to get you because they can bunt like nobody's business. They can bunt. They're opportunistic. If they get a runner on second base, watch them early. They're trying to get that guy to third immediately to score because in the, what they do know mathematically, if we score four, we win. So he's trying to get the scoreboard to four. Just along the way, some of these other teams haven't been able to handle the offensive pressure that they put on there. And their own base percentages through the roof. When that guy's getting scoring position, we, they've done a super good job of driving. Uh, you know, uh, Zubia's done an unbelievable job, I think, of, of driving. And Tico has grown that, you know, he takes his walk, hands the bat to the guy coming out of the deal like they've done it 97 times. And he gets to first base and he steals his 36 base. And here, you know, all of a sudden the game, the game, you know, the referee just blew the whistle and we have a guy on second base, nobody out. And we're about to already score and, and probably win the game. Um, and then Kennedy has, you know, has the ability to bunt and create so much havoc and, and their safety squeeze, you know, offense is good. So they can just attack you in so many ways. That's what I mean. It's not like 27 out game chip where guys, a lot of college nowadays are taught 27 mass. We're going to back leg swing and try to hit doubles and homers and win. These guys don't do that. They have long at-bats. Pay attention to one day when you go back and look at some stats, see how many pitches they get that Friday night guy and that Saturday guy out of him every outing. It is amazing how many, how many pitches they get out of those guys because they don't go in there in the first pitch and pop up to the second baseman. You don't see many innings out of those guys like that. And I think that's a lot to do with David, you know, and, and, and the coaching job he's done this year, which has been, I think, unbelievable, my personal opinion. Um, I think Tulo does a good job of helping those young hitters. Um, I think, you know, Tulo's a baseball rat. And I think those guys have taken on that mentality. Um, I'll tell you another thing you can watch for this weekend. They've done it, not just – a couple of times they do it all year long. They go from first to third on base hits better than any team in college baseball. There is that they don't hold up at second. They go from first to third, and that completely changes the innings on base hits out to the outfield because now you got a guy in scoring position. They do as good a job as any on that. I think they're I think they're adventurous on the bases. Uh, you see some guys get thrown out here and there. I mean, that's just you know, when you're adventurous on the bases and you're really trying to get to the next base. And look for a reason to get there. That's going to happen every once in a while. I think it happened twice this weekend. We got thrown out at third once. And then maybe got – no, we got thrown out third twice, I think, this weekend. I was okay with it. Everybody was up. Everybody, oh, I can't believe it. That's bad. I was like, yeah, but we got – we got we, we we snuck out two other bases earlier in the game. And these guys just got – they got the ears peeled back. That's a beauty to that, man. They, they, these guys have this confidence. They're looking for that baseball. They know where it is all the time. 
And those guys can just, I mean, if you, you let them, they're going to take an extra base from you. If Texas is, is going to run into trouble, what is that other team going to have to have? Right-handed power breaker. A really, really intense right-handed power breaker. Um, and he's going to have to – hear me on this, too. He's, he's going to have to have a right-handed power breaker, and he's going to have to be able to run that power breaker out of a stretch position in a one-three, one-three and a half to the plate. That's hard to do. So because they've got that order so disguised through there that, you know, you've got every second guy in that lineup can run. So when that happens and you're trying to throw wipeout breakers and power fastballs, you're going to a higher leg kick and that's going to put you at a one, four and a half to one, five. And those guys are just they're You know, David puts them on. If you see on their own, if you see it, you, you know, the timing set for you, you get out. And so they, they, they make you, they make you go to a smaller leg delivery. And when that happens that breaker and that fastball aren't nearly as precise as what you, you know, would see out of their windup or a bad runner, you know, on the bases. And so um, I think a right-handed breaker, I think a guy that um, could come in, if there was a left-handed guy, if he could come in and command a changeup on the first base side of the plate, you know, who knows? They just hadn't seen a bunch of that. I think they tried, you know, the, uh, I think Arizona State kid tried a little bit, maybe that first inning and a third before he lost his, you know, stuff. Um, he had some success out there throwing a ball uh, from the left side, but um, I would, I'm just guessing just because I haven't seen too many people. I went back to the early part of the season. You watched it too, you know, when they went into the globe life and, it, and they struck out a bunch, right? Right. Um, those are really, really, really powerful arms um, with really power breakers. And, uh, you know, the Yankees weren't going to hit many of those guys that, that weekend either. Um, and so since then, I think they've tightened up what they're trying to do and they tightened up their opportunism about who they are. You're Chip Brown. You're going to do this. You like to bunt. You like to run. You like to take walks. That's what you're doing. You're not doing. I don't want you doing anything else. All right, Ty Harrington. You just hit singles. All I, that's all. That's all I want you to do. Maybe we'll hit and run with Chip in front of you. We're, you know, all this. But and then you got another guy come. You know, coming behind him, maybe with a little more power. You okay? Now you that you can. But they all know who they are. And one of the things, if you go back and date it, and, and David said it, we're gonna. We, we've named our lineup. These are our guys. This is what we're doing. We might change the order a little bit, but these are the 10 guys, 11 guys, and that's it. You hadn't seen anybody else unless it was mop-up duty. And those guys have played together, and now they know every small intricacy, every move, every thought, every idea of everybody in that order, and they know what to do it. They know how to do it. Hell, they could do it probably without David running the, you know, running the show at third base. They've done it so well. You know, all year long. David goes to the goes to Omaha in year two and then has the, the struggle year in 2019. And he he shuffles his staff. Sean Allen, you know, goes to pitching coach. Tulowitzki comes in. Um, they're off to a, a nice start in 20. The season gets canceled because of the pandemic. What talk about Pierce, the adjustments he's made on his staff, why it's working and why you think this is his best coaching job. Well, a couple of things. One, I think Sean's done an unbelievable job with arms. Um, you know, he, when David, David Pierce, who worked for Wayne Graham, you know, Wayne always believed that if you can coach baseball, you can coach baseball. 
<laughs> you know, whatever, whatever side of the ball it is, is he truly believes if you're a base and he'll tell you, if you're a baseball guy, you can, and, um, because he was so simplified in thought, but also so driven by that simplification of, you know, you do this in the game, it'll all work out, or you teach them this and it'll all work out. And so I think by moving Sean over, you know, from the offense to the pitching side, um, I did that in my career one time with one of my assistants. I just I kind of the same thought. You just, you feel like, this you got. He's got a better comfort zone with that position. You go take that. I can better us by bringing in, you know, another guy to come work with our hitters. Now all of a sudden, I've got, I've got the all my all my positions and all my philosophies and all my ideas covered up with with two really 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 good ones. Uh, and of course, Philip Miller does a great job with the defensive side of the ball as well. Sometimes he gets you know, left out of, of conversations, but he does a great job on the defensive side of the ball. And, and, uh, and so I, I think that, you know, the two categories, one, he, he makes those changes. Um, I think Sean's done an unbelievable job of, he probably recruited most of those kids. So he had a personal relationship going into it, um, knows them, their strengths. Um, and now, uh, you know, I mean, I think he does a good job of calling the game. If you watch in there, I don't, I don't, it's rare that I go, what, what did we do that for? Wait a minute. What? Um, it's very rare. Not that I have all the answers, but if you watch enough of it, you're going to have question things here and there. Yeah. I don't see that very often. Um, all their guys are in a great position to hold runners. They understand how to, you know, Madden has to do a really good job of holding runners. He did Friday night, uh, because he's a higher leg kick guy, power guy. He does a great job of holding them and holding the ball longer. Um, and so he, they've been all been taught how to, you know, to, to manage their, you know, the run game. So they're, they're aware of versed on what they need to do and then what the, the biggest thing they got is they got really great arms <laughs> i mean holy i mean let's be honest those are some unbelievable arms and again i can't i can't tell you if you're running colt anthony out there as your multi-purpose guy at 95 miles an hour with a power breaker and change that that's pretty good that's the guys getting you out of the deal i think also Bringing Tulo in, I, I've always said this, and this is meant in a very positive way. He's a baseball rat. That guy worked, worked. You know, I think if you look at a lot of big leaguers, they they just if they come and work with you, it's like, hey, oh, I'm just hit it like I did. Here, look, look at me. I'm in the cage. Look, you know, do what I did. Now this guy's a teacher. Uh, this guy because he taught himself. This was an everyday guy. This was a really hard headed um, you know, personality about himself and his beliefs about what he wanted to become. Um, I think he had a, uh, you know, an angle and in his mind, I'm going to play in the big leagues. I want to play for this many years. I'm going to work my way through this. And, and in order to do that, I'm going to I'm going to play this game the right way. I'm going to play this game the way it's supposed to be played for a guy who has my skill level. And he did that. Now what he does is I think he teaches those guys how to have really long at bats. I think their plan of attack when they get in there, when they put their shoes inside those white lines, to get ready to hit, they each have a plan of attack that I'm sure he has put into their head over and over and over. And then when it, and then the opportunistic part of it is, which David takes does a great job of running the game from third base. Hey, if he gets guys second base, they're moving them over. And and then if it, and if it's Kennedy coming up, it's a drag bunt that you got. You're holding your breath the whole time. You're you're going to get an out or something like that. You know what I mean? And they they've reinvented. They've reinvented in college baseball that a walk is really cool and that it is really a, a, a you know thing. It is because now we're getting hit by a pitch and they've reinvented that. 
And uh, and because of it, they've scored a lot of runs off of walks this year. I don't know what the ratio is, uh, Chip, but I bet it's really high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 feasted on that. Uh, yes, they do. Uh, Friday and Sunday in this uh, in this regional. Ty, what um, what else do you think is important for for Longhorns fans to know about this baseball team? I, I think, man, the most important thing for them to know right now is how much of an impact that probably made for them Saturday having so many people out there. I'm just being honest. I mean, yeah. I, I, I I too was so. I mean, I was I fell back in love with what all that was again, and and uh, the energy part of it, and uh, and the fun part of it, and being out there and being in orange and. Um, and just listening to the crowd and how important it was to win. Because one thing we all know about University of Texas, we love winning championships. We love them all. And it don't matter what they are, but we we love to win them. We don't like somebody else winning our championships. And uh, so they come out and, and grows to support it and, and to be a part of it. Um, I think in order for Texas to win, the, the seas are starting to park a little bit for them. And in order to win national championships all throughout – if, if a coach took a pen and went backwards from the national title last out of the national championship game, and he wrote a, a pen and just took a line, the path back all the way through the season, there are going to be things that happen that fell your way as well. Um, and the last piece of this thing for me that, you know, I don't want to jinx them, but they have been healthy all year long. Uh, you know, I'm watching other teams just fall out by the wayside. You know, they're, you know, Fairfield's best player got hurt, didn't get to play. Um, you know, there were other other teams we played in the Big 12 championship, guys that went down. You know, Oklahoma State's lost, you know, three of their starters. OU's lost two, two starters on the mound. Their center fielder, you know, Texas hasn't lost anybody. And that is critical in trying to keep this same. Because, again, Chip, that lineup hasn't changed. Yep. Maybe small little bitty pieces of it have changed. You take one of those major ones out of there with an injury, then you got a whole nother, you know, different show, different issue at this point. So their health has been a huge component in their success. Um, and I, I, I don't know a, I don't know that I know a more well-rounded baseball team in college baseball than University of Texas right now. In every area of the game, somebody might say, "Well, they strike out too much here and there." So, uh, okay, maybe they every once in a while they do, but so far for me. This team right here has a chance. I'm going to tell you they are doing it. But this team right here, if it stays like it is today and it's played and pitched like it has over this last month, will compete or have an opportunity to compete for a national championship. All right. We're, I'm going to leave it on this with Ty Harrington. We started right. off this conversation kind of talking about Cole Quintanilla. Would you have him as the closer with his with his mentality? And, and you know, he's been around the block a little bit um, as opposed to – Aaron Nixon. I don't, I don't, I'm not there every day. I, it's a definitely a legitimate, more than a legitimate question, by the way. Uh, Cause it goes into my mind too. Cause I, I've seen Cantonia and I'm like, Holy smokes, man. How can you not have that guy on the back end? But the reality is the night Aaron Nixon and he's good, but the night Nixon went into the TCU game and run his own first and second, nobody out. And he got him out of a one run game. I was like, well, that guy's got a little something, something to him because he just walked into a total, you know, what kind of storm and, and bailed them out, got them a piece of the Big 12 championship. And you you would have looked – when you looked out there and I was standing – I was at the game live. When I looked at that young man freshman run on the field, there was no – like, I got – I'm hoping I'm going to do all right. There was a direct 
you know, I'm going into that mound. I, there was a, a, you know, a focus, laser focus. And then he got on the mound and I was just, you know, then, then the wild pitch and, and it, nothing. He didn't, you wouldn't notice anything. No body language difference, no nothing. Grab the baseball, strike out, fly out. Let's go home. So that part for me just told me what solidified a little bit, what they see every day out of that guy. Also with Cantonese, is I think now that he's healthy and I, I just think you have a multi-purpose guy that if you got, if something happened to, to Madden in the fifth and he just had one of those days or whatever it might be, you could plug that guy in for nine outs and not give anything up. I'm talking about zeros. And then all of a sudden, you know, here comes Nixon or somebody else, whoever it is, to, to, to close that thing down. So you have two closers, but you're using Cantonese as a, as a multi-purpose guy. And it, not, hey, Chip, very few teams in the United States have that. Right. Yeah. Right. So that, that's a two-closer. You can close a game. I, this is the best way for me to say it. You can close a game two ways. You can close the game in the sixth when your starter comes out with the bases loaded. And two outs or one out, you can close the game then, and then you can close the game in the ninth inning. So there's two different closing, you know, positions for guys. And he's that guy right now that gets you out of the, you know, the storm and then carries you for nine outs and then hands it off to next. Ty, it's great stuff. Um, heck, I'm going to I'm gonna invite you right now. If, if, if this continues and the progress in the postseason continues, let's, uh, let's continue the conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I love talking about baseball. I've had so much fun going to Dish Falk. I went out behind left field and hung out with a bunch of old fans from the 80s and 90s that actually were like, hey, you you played in the 80s. I was like, I did. I'm surprised that you anybody remembers that. And uh, I had a, I've had nothing but a blast. And, uh, and then I get to sit up there with some of my old teammates and watch the games. And uh, I've really enjoyed wearing orange and white for the first time in 20 years. <laughs> and uh which is you know i just didn't have any and uh so that part of it's been really a lot of fun i'm proud for david uh what he's done as a head coach i think he's pieced his team together and done some great things i think his staff as you mentioned earlier sean's done a good job i think Philip miller does a good job with the kids you know and, and probably behind the scenes more than what we know uh and i think tulo's done a really good job man i just he he's a baseball rat man that guy loves this game and he knows this game because he works his honey off at this game and i just think they got something really really special working right now well it is uh it's been a lot of fun to watch and we're we're still watching so uh ty harrington um four times to the to the college world series at texas captain of the 1987 team um of course 2000 to 2019 head coach at texas state and uh man it's just great to to talk baseball with you and and thanks so much for joining us here on the flagship podcast. And you can have me anytime you want on here. I, I, Harge and I get on and, and have a good time on one of ours every once in a while. But I know you guys, you and Harge are, have done it so long together. And, and uh, like I used to tell you guys, when y'all were still on air all the time, I said, I love listening to you guys. You guys got a great rapport too. And um, everybody's interested. I, it fires me up that everybody's so fired up about Texas baseball because this is the way it always used to be. And everybody, you know, now, and now I think there's, I, this is a personal opinion. Everybody's been through so much with this pandemic and I, everybody Saturday night hollered louder enough. They probably had so much pent up 
screaming, ready to, to get out and do something fun. And, and it's just, this thing has, has, it's teeing up, you know, baseball, still baseball. This thing is teeing up to be an unbelievable run this weekend where everybody's going to be out. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. We're win and having to move on to Omaha. And, and there he goes. The tradition just keeps right. That orange trail just keeps riding on up to Omaha, Nebraska. I love it. I agree with you. I was there Friday at one o'clock and it, the place was packed. It was hopping. Right. Um, yeah. And it just got better and better throughout the weekend. So for, for Ty Harrington, I am Chip Brown of Horns 24 uh, seven. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening to the flagship podcast interview. Until next time, stay safe and keep the faith.